0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd.
1: I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today.
0: So we were hanging out today. It was Easter Sunday. We were hanging out. In fact, uh, we got... I know those of you listening that don't hang out with us privately don't believe this, but we got photographed again this weekend in red and blue while not shooting the show. There, there, it, it couldn't have been less planned, but Chance was hanging out with us too. Chance, Chance and his wife were hanging out with us. We were, we were all having Easter together, and it was really cool. And then Chance walks over and shows me this photo he's about to send out on Instagram. And I just hung my head and went, really?
1: Yeah, just, I just had a dress shirt on. It was blue dress shirt. You had a
0: blue dress shirt. I had... My red Nurburgring shirt on, I I didn't look at my closet and go, I should wear red. I just did. I just did. (laughs) I didn't think of it. I was
1: thinking about just looking nice, and I picked a dress shirt. And I, you know, I had changed clothes from what I had on earlier. I was just like, oh, I have worn that shirt in forever. And I just threw it on. I didn't think about it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so all of you
0: that follow anything that have ever seen a photo of us are convinced that the long-haired weird guy always wears red. That's all I have in my closet. And Paul always looks nicer than me and wears blue. Neither of the above are true. But uh, anyway. But this, actually, this weekend was was very odd for me on lots of reasons. I have something that I'm excited about that you're going to laugh at me that I was excited about at all. all. Right. But before that. All right. Last weekend I was skiing with my son.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This
0: weekend I went on a bike ride in sixty degree weather. It was like all of a sudden my life feels like it's springtime. How
1: cool but is par-
0: that? It's very cool. Very, very cool. But but part of that though was okay, it was time. I changed out the tires on the cayenne and the FRS. I changed the wheels out on both. Okay. And here's what I'm excited about. You're going to laugh at me because I can't believe we live in this world. I'm excited that I got a whole set of wheels off my car and another whole set of wheels on my car and didn't break a single stud.
1: <laughs> it's sad, It's the isn't small it? things in life, I guess, right? It's the small well, victories.
0: It's sad that that's a car that, that, that not only with me have I had that problem, but others with that car have had that problem. I mean, there's some there's some really careful setting nuts that happens at my house when you're changing out wheels. That's but I'm funny. very proud to say that that I got wheels off and wheels back on with no broken studs. I have a very happy car and I love the way it looks with my summer wheels on. It.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. You've got the tires back on, the square stance, it looks better, better tires. Springtime is happening. But yep. uh, the the roads we've been dreaming about all winter long, they're now... We're getting close. We're getting horizon close. On the here.
0: It's going to be great. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the tires are better. The speeds can come up a little. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> been sitting here browsing the internet about things that are, uh, you know, that are the attraction to danger, I guess, the... Um, You know, the adrenaline sorts of activities on the planet, whether it's, you know, the cage of death in Australia or wing walking on top of a biplane or anything accelerating out of the sky, like skydiving or bungee jumping. You're taking up a new
0: hobby? What's going on here?
1: And I think, you know, there's even a 100 mile an hour zip line in the UK called Zipworld in Snowdonia, which is pretty cool.
0: And space flight
1: is up there too, but... For me on that list at the very low end of that list of the adrenaline inducing activities is getting a speeding ticket. <clears throat> <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah. When did this happen? <laughs> I just saw you. When did this happen? Yeah, on the way home actually. <laughs>
0: You're kidding. I'm oh, not. Man. You don't even live you don't even live that far away. <laughs>
1: that that's
0: okay. All right, keep
1: going. Well, I want to hear this. Here here's the explanation. I um I have a fast car. <laughs> mhm. And I mean, duh! It's the name of the podcast, Everyday Speed and Adrenaline Junkies.com. Yeah, seriously, I mean, come on, yeah. right? So I'm driving yeah. home, and I, you know, I'm driving as one does, cruising along. Yes, quickly
0: cruising. No, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. <laughs> the the way that car moves through the world cannot ever be described as cruising. I think you stuck in traffic is that car cruising? <laughs> Otherwise, right. that's just not possible.
1: So there's a hill near where I live,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was. Coming up it at a brisk clip. I, and I know that
0: hill. Keep going. Yeah, I've crest, done it, too. At the crest,
1: right at the peak, uh-huh. I passed Utah Highway Patrol going the other direction. Oh, man. So my oh, radar man. detector had no time. There was no line of sight. There was no long distance. There was no – sure, and I've always said sure. radar detectors are a, a layer. They are not foolproof. Yeah, if, true. If it works as intended, it's a layer. But this time it was kind of a hill, and so we both reached the crest at the exact same moment. <laughs> oh
0: man! But his oh, radar's no. always going. Sure, yeah, it's stuck on, yeah.
1: <laughs> and as he was disappearing out of sight the other way, I saw him hit the lights. Oh. And that's yeah, that's when that's my adrenal it. glands opened, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I knew that was for me. Yep. So, were you you parked? Were you parked (laughs) on the side of the road by the time he came back over the hill? Did you just pull over? Just sit there? (laughs) Yes, I did. Did Uh, you really?
1: Well, this (laughs) breadcrumb—and I mean breadcrumb-sized part of my brain—thought for a split second, huh? Wonder what it would feel like to run from the cops. I wonder how much fun that would be. Wonder how fast he could
0: turn around. Wonder how fast I could go on this road. These are terrible, <laughs> terrible ideas, They're kids. Terrible, terrible, awful ideas. Yeah.
1: But then mm-hmm. the overwhelming self-preservation urge took over of not wanting to go to jail, and that immediately squashed that thought. I mean,
0: wanting to keep that nice car <laughs> what, in your garage at a garage of a house you live in. Yes, yes.
1: I mean, we're talking. All this thought happened in like less than half a second. Okay, as it does. Yes. So all this happened and i was carrying such speed that i was pulled over engine off and parked for a good 5 or 8 seconds before he had turned around lights coming my way and caught up to me <laughs> i love the idea of him pulling over and your car is parked i was i had a feeling that's where
0: this was going because yeah. i know that hill and getting the turnaround to happen would not be quick it's not so yeah I, and he was yeah, carrying speed the
1: other way. He was going at of least course. 70, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's a fast track. Stre- it's a genuinely very fast track. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've had dually trucks on that hill doing 75, 80, going oh, up Oh, yeah. It. And you so just, it's, to it, get around
1: it, yeah. them, to avoid rock chips and all that stuff, you kind of have to be moving a little bit faster to yeah, yeah. avoid mm-hmm. things. And I don't like to hang around trucks because they, you know, you're in their blind spot and I don't want to hang mm-hmm. out in their blind spot. So I was parked and he came at me and pulled around and... And I, I think you're right. The UHP is getting younger and younger these days. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> the think... problem is we're going <laughs> the other direction. It's actually, they're not getting younger. But anyway, keep going.
1: They're not getting younger. They're getting older too, but you know what I mean. So yeah, no, I know. I totally know what you mean. He, yeah, he, was, he was very nice, very professional. And I, <laughs> I admittedly, I've been needing to do some, uh, some maintenance on the car. And so my owner's manual and registration happens to be at home, laid out on the counter, because I was looking through it. Ooh. Therefore, I Ooh. didn't have my registration on me. And I explained. Of course you didn't, because in, in that book, It's yep. in the book. It's in the owner's manual, sitting on my countertop at home. And uh, he said, do you know how fast you were going?
0: <laughs> well, first <laughs> you of all,
1: well. <laughs> you, you said, wait, wait, wait. You said, well, sir, how fast was I going? <laughs> well, first of all, he asked you the speed limit. He said, you know, do you know the speed limit on this road? I said, yes, it's 65. Or I said <laughs> yes. And he said, What is it? I said sixty-five. And he said, Do you know how fast you're going? And I said, well, I, I am genuinely thinking about eighty. I I you know, I lifted at the top of the hill, just thinking, okay, yeah. blind top of the hill, I always back off. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You never know what's at the top of the hill.
0: Okay. I, as you talk about this, I know exactly where you were. I know, you know exactly where you were. Yeah. I've done it
1: a million times. Yeah. Keep going. So I lift and he said, Well, I actually Gotcha, eighty nine going the other way, and what he doesn't realize is I had I was going faster than that up the hill and really had lifted at the top of the hill. Yeah, and so he took my license and insurance card and spent an inordinate amount of time in the car and the cruiser behind me. That makes it worse. Yeah, and uh, I just thought, you know what, I I take my lumps because as I've said, if we're gonna do this, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna own fast, fun cars in my life, it's I'm gonna, gonna take my lumps. It's going to happen for sure. Today, I'm taking my lumps. And uh, so he came back, and I believe that pulling over immediately and waiting for him played a big part in this Mm, mm. because he was very kind, but still very professional. He said, I'm going to give you a citation today, a warning for not having the registration in your car, but the citation is for 75 in a 65. Ooh. 10 over.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not that you still got a ticket that's a bummer but at the same time that's a gift. Yeah. Can you totally. believe
1: that? That that was a mm-hmm. total gift and I was very just respectful and polite and thank you to all of our officers and highway patrol that deal with this <laughs> stuff every day because yeah. you guys really are putting your lives on the line. You don't know what you're walking into and I just I, I said officer, you know, happy Easter and hey real quick, would you um I know you hear weird stuff a lot, but would you take my photo? (laughs) Because I wanted to post it. And I said, it's for social media purposes. And he said he smiled a little bit. You know, I had gotten through. (laughs) I cracked a little bit, and he smiled just a tiny bit. And he said, you know, our department has a really strict policy against that for many reasons, some of which I don't understand, but – he Said we can't have anything out there, <laughs> and so sorry, no. And I said, I understand, I just wanted a you know, sort of proof because indeed I've gotten my first speeding ticket, it's finally happened. I've, I've gotten the ticket, got it out of the way, and I'm thankful that it well, was only 10 over, even though your first he ticket been, in
0: this car, you mean, right? In this car, yes, in this okay. portion, in right. this car, yeah. And I just
1: thought. <laughs> You know what? It had to happen sometime. Yeah. Like I said, I'm taking yeah. my lumps. Yeah. Today was my day. Definitely. I've really been driving fast. I do need to slow down. Having a ride in the IndyCar two-seater at 155 was not <laughs> helpful to me because I was in the back going, faster, faster. Yeah.
0: Well, but, but as we've talked about before, though, your car hides speed. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I know we've said this a few times. And I know you're listen- one of you is listening out there and thinking this is an insane sentence. But honestly, Paul's car is one of those cars that at about 120, you go, huh, starting to go kind of fast. You're at one hundred and twenty. I, I mean, eighty, eighty in your car versus eighty in the FRS. They're both going eighty. The yeah. FRS feels like it's going quickly. The the Porsche feels like you're teasing it.
1: I mean, I, I look down and I think ninety four. Huh. Well, I might as well get my daily triple now. I mean, bang. You know, every time.
0: <laughs> and I
1: I admit that I admit to driving fast. I, we love driving fast. I I have. Decided to propose we build the Nurburgring in the U.S. or at least build some sort of autobahn that satisfies our need for speed well, and our appetite for danger. I the thing why the thing I, I so this? wish
0: we would do the thing I so wish we would do as a nation as far as transports concerned. It's look i I'm, I'm pie in the sky here. It's never going to happen, especially as we head toward probably driving less versus driving more. But th- we should have a graduated license system. Hmm. That relates okay. to the size car you drive, it relates to your skill set, it relates to your allowable speed, and there should be allowable lanes for those things. Yeah. If you want to drive your German highly capable sports car at 130 miles an hour, you are able to do that if you are appropriately licensed and are in the right lanes, the correct lanes for it. You know, I imagine those places that have like those HOV lanes that are, that are blocked off from the rest of traffic. Imagine if that was literally the fast lane. You know,
1: bring it. I mean, what if
0: you know? What if you can't drive your big? I, I, I tweeted about this recently. I made a comment on Facebook recently. It was kind of a rant. I may start doing this more on Facebook because, of course, what I need <laughs> is I a place it, to by rant. The way. But, but no. But I, I commented about it seeing this little tiny sixteen-year-old girl struggling with her twenty-five hundred. HD Silverado Gosh, on the yeah. freeway and here I am this tiny little guy who practically needs a flag on the top of my car and you know <laughs> totally. she she was out of her depth in that vehicle and, and yeah. no offense to her young driver she was trying to tackle it who knows why she was in that truck but I mean okay why isn't there a license for you want to drive something that big or you want to drive something look I want to drive something stupid and small. Okay, get a license for me. <laughs> Give me the the ability to do that. I wish sure. we had a graduated license system and roads that made that allowable. And and let's say there aren't even the, let's say it's a special toll road where you can go lightning quick and nobody else gets on it. I don't know how this works, but I wish we had a different and graduated license system. In this country, just for driving, I think because cars are so capable, there should be layers.
1: They are. I mean, what about the AMG Mercedes series? Every AMG car is blindingly fast, and the M cars and the Porsches. And, you know, my car is air quotes only 340 horsepower, right? Yeah. Now, the power to weight is what makes it so fast. Exactly. It's not about the number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what about all these cars that have gobs and gobs of horsepower and they are getting faster and more capable to drive and, and. Yeah. They just do the speed thing so well. And I think, all right, well, what you know, cars are continuing onwards. And, you know, what about Mm -hmm. the McLarens and Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all these amazing cars wanting to be driven? Do we have to take them to the track? And then it opens up the whole discussion, can open worms everywhere, of do you want to drive a fast car slow or a slow car fast? Which would you rather? You know, do we have to have track time all the time? But. It doesn't satisfy my daily, sometimes half-daily need for the speed thing. Yeah. I just well, I enjoy it so much.
0: And you want But you want to feel what your car can do. And what yeah. your car can yeah. do operates at a level beyond what any normal roads have listed. I mean, Ian even made the comment. Thank you, Ian. I, I knew somebody had. Ian even made the comment on my truck thing. He even talked about graduated licenses. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to at least give a hat tip to you because I agree. Paul and I talked about it before. It's worth mentioning. It'll never happen, but it's a great idea. And I appreciate you bringing it up for sure, Ian. Uh, so anyway, that that I'm sorry that happened. I'm glad he was nice to you. I, he was. I do. He was I awesome. Do, I would love to know. I mean, we'll never know. I would love to know what went through his head to come <laughs> up over the hill and to see you parked <laughs> on the side of the road. I would love to know what he thought. But because
1: you, I, I feel like it showed him respect, honestly. And absolutely, that's what I wanted. Absolutely. You know, and, and it
0: also showed that you went, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know what I mean? It, it, you didn't. You weren't hiding from it. Yeah. No. I,
1: I I owned it, and it was me. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that definitely played into a lot of his decision-making, and mm-hmm. I, I was just forthcoming. And, you know, I've always thought about, you know, the red car, the yellow car always attracts the attention. No, it's actually just speed. It doesn't matter it's the just, color of your car. It's, it's actually just it's speed. It's either the fast car
0: or the reckless <laughs> car. Those are the key ones, right, you know. Right, Yeah, I and, hear that. You know, well,
1: Yow! the other way, this <laughs> blue bullet. It's like, well, yeah. That's me, adrenaline, that, into my system. That
0: that wasn't that wasn't just a shiver of light. No, that was a car going the other way. Yeah, we really ought to talk oh to him. Oh my gosh! Well, we have two car debates coming up tonight. We have Zach writing to us and and also Bobby writing to us. Thank you guys for two very different car debates. I'm glad to talk about both of them. We also have a ton of your questions. Thank you for all of those questions on all yeah. the social media platforms. We will try to keep posting for all of those. We should hop into uh, to Zach's question. He's writing to us from Pennsylvania. And uh, he is really looking for the fun only car because he's consolidating his other cars, his current cars. He's had a, a car for work that's been, um, he has a, what is it? It's a, he has a GLI that he's had for work, DSG gearbox, which he's kind of gotten to, okay, I kind of see the point. He's had that. Meanwhile, he's had a Jetta that is a Wolfsburg edition and, and kind of track prepped. So he clearly likes Volkswagens. But now the GLI work car is becoming
1: a, uh, what was it? It's a Fusion? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Ford Fusion, which is not the most fun day to day, as you say in your email yeah, here, I Zach. Mean, it's,
0: it's just it's going to be the commute car. And OK, that's the new car for work. So he wants to get something. He clearly will have a car that can do all of the mundane stuff. He's deciding, do I get rid of the Wolfsburg Jetta? and try to get something fun with he thinks he's going to have about 10 grand to play with or do you keep the jetta and and start tuning it even more madness this is really kind of the crux of where we are
1: yeah i like the options that you've given us here zach and uh he is uh as todd said driving for his job quite a bit 30,000 miles or more per year Mm -hmm. but he's also a flight instructor on weekends did you see this
0: I did. I did. So clearly another need for speed situation. I mean, Absolutely. do I take up
1: flying? You you took flight lessons early I did. on.
0: I did. I took them right around the time I got my driver's license. I took them from 16 to 17 years old. I took them now and then when I could afford to. I was affording it, so it did not
1: happen quickly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no speed limit in the air and all you guys into boating. Or, you know, No speed limit on the water. You can go as fast as you want. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I would much rather go as fast as possible in the air than on the water because of that little thing called waves. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> right. I mean, I know turbulence happens, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> man, oh, man. Anyway.
1: All right, so we're working with these two options, and Zach is looking for these abarts that we've talked about that are now from even 7,000 up to like 10. They're, yeah. I mean, abarts for everybody at that point. We, yeah, you're right. He's we got joke 10 about grand, so okay yeah we go joke ahead about the fiestas. Well, we, we you and I have joked a lot about
0: the fiestas because yeah they are honestly in the segment they are the most fun car to drive. But when you consider that you can go find yourself a Fiesta if you shop really careful, you can find yourself a used Ford Fiesta ST for twelve to fourteen. Okay, but when you think about the Abarth, the Fiat five hundred Abarth, which if you watch our review of the two, it's not like the Abarth isn't fun. It's just Dynamically, it's a little outdone by the fiesta. But if the abart is seven to ten grand,
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Hmm. Let's shop for abarts. I mean, I actually started. I I haven't even told you this. I told Chance recently. You started I actually shopping for abarts. I got myself before we even. It's interesting you brought oh, up this no. uh, this <laughs> this uh, request here because this past week I started shopping for a Bart's. I just I got oh into one gosh. of those little rabbit trails of how low can they go, and I just started shopping. <laughs> and it, it it was a descent into madness my friend they are cheap
1: <laughs> really that's i mean they're cheap now will yeah. they continue to fall past 5000 when we want to get rid of them again all of the abarts that we have coming I, out of our ears i I, I, th-
0: I think they're headed for their floor I, I don't think i don't think we're talking about another year from now they're going to be two grand lower i just think they've gotten there quick
1: hmm i'm kind of leaning towards this option one, Zach, to trade in both cars for something fun and keep it around the 10K mark. Mm-hmm. I still think the Fiesta STs are still like in the 12, so they less less, you know, a higher mileage Fiesta ST, but Chance was ask, asking me just recently about a first-gen Cayman that he found with high miles,
0: mm-hmm. one
1: owner for 18.5. Yeah. A Cayman!
0: Yeah, 18-5. it's amazing. It was an S, too. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it is amazing S. the exactly. weird deals you can find. If, if, if you aren't in a, this is the one thing I will say, if you aren't in a situation where you need a car this minute and you have a kind of car you want to put your eye on and you want to shop for a while, you will find that random one that for, for weird reasons, they haven't looked at the market, they just want to dump it, whatever, is two or three grand less than everything else being sold for that model. You're going to have to be meticulous, but it does happen.
1: I think you need to get that Fiat Five Hundred Abarth out of your system, Zach, because they're lower mileage, they're fun, they're just a hoot. And I know you're a Volkswagen yeah. guy, but I feel like running back to that. You you could do the option too, like I said. You could just stay mm-hmm. in Volkswagen, but you do have this option here because you don't know what cool Volkswagens are coming in your future. Maybe it is a Golf R. Maybe it is something really hot and amazing. Sure. Yeah. So maybe try this out for now it's it's just a fun car we really really liked it i think mm-hmm. i'd go for the hard top to be honest we had the the drop top which was good if you're you know feel like i would them. do
0: the coupe i agree i, I would do, do the coupe, coupe. I, I like how they it, yeah. look
1: i like how they sound i think it would be a great little car and to be honest i can't imagine you'd lose that much money when you you know when you're ready to turn around and sell mm-hmm. it maybe like i said maybe a gti or or a golf R or something like that is is uh, on the horizon down the road, but I'm kind of leaning that way just for the sake of something different and yeah. getting that out of your system and having a ball with it and yeah that that would that would kind of give you the solution there um, I don't know what do you think I, about this I, I like options? here's the
0: thing because these are so cheap, I think it's a worthwhile option. I will say the number one thing I'm going to back paul's play on here, uh, Zach is the reality of. Okay, you've had in your garage two very similar cars, both Volkswagens. It is time to move on. Just from a new life experience. I mean, you even admit in here you haven't really driven that much. You like those Volkswagens? Great, that's fine. And as Paul's saying, you may come back, but I think, okay, sell both Volkswagens and get something very different. Yeah. Just have a totally different yeah. experience. You drove a friend's Mini, you thought it was fine. You said, huh, maybe you used Mini. You, you've driven a, a, another friend's old 1970 Chevelle. Of course, that's given you a very classic car experience. It's not what we're talking about here, but th- this is pretty much your car experience. That's kind of the list. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's time to get something completely different. The things you've looked at for your round 10K are you could get a high-mileage MX-5. I want to follow that rabbit trail for a second. But also used Audi TTs, maybe a Mini, and then you landed on the Abarth. The Abarth is the one with the most sheer personality of that list. And it is such a different personality than the Volkswagens you've owned. I think that is a real serious contender. Yeah. I want to talk about some other options, though. I think the Audi TT, I think, is too close to the Volkswagens you've had. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. I just think it's it's enough in that flavor and family that that's off the list. Uh, Used cheap minis, the the other half of that equation is are generally money pits. So um, be careful of the used cheap mini. (laughs) The the used cheap uh, Miata, I would say definitely. You might even be able to find, if you shop well, you can maybe find somebody a real deal on an NC third-gen hardtop. I mean, those things are dropping. So... Look around. You could certainly get an NC. You could certainly get a third gen for ten grand. The hard top, maybe. Worthwhile. I actually had a wild card here that I like a lot. Because oh, really? what, I really want, okay. what I really want for you, Zach, is let's get you away from front-wheel drive if we can Let's hmm. get you a completely different hmm. driving experience. Because the stuff you've had, even the, with the exception of the Chevelle, all the stuff you've driven has all been front-wheel drive. Where's the rear-wheel drive car in your life? And this is a car that only needs to be your I-drive-this-for-fun Call it car. It's all it's for It doesn't have to do any of the normal life stuff. You have a company car for that. Right. So, okay. Right. So, I like the Miata for this reason. But here is my wild card for you. You can find them all day long at your price. Get a Mazda RX-8. Now, the reason we don't recommend that car a lot of times is because it is one of those cars you have to to look into the forums and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to keep this running well? If it's your only car, you may have some problems with its reliability. But it's not your only car. It's not. If you get your RX-8 this week and it has a problem and it doesn't run, it's not the end of the world. So you're going to need to find a good mechanic that knows rotaries. You're going to need to do the things that people talk about. They're just... It's a car that just requires some owner care. It's not like it's a bomb on wheels, but they' <laughs> are they're fantastic handling right they're, they're fantastic handling that rotary engine is really fun to wind out you You have back seats should you need them, they're actually could be used and for your money, you have options so my wild card for you, strong wild card for you rear wheel drive r x eight go go look
1: oh, I like that a lot. I mean, I remember looking a few podcasts back. They were 12 ish to 15, like practically brand new. For nice ones. For For the nice nice ones. ones. But at 10 grand, you still got a great, great choice in there. And uh, yeah, as you said, okay, the good thing is it's not your only car you've got to rely on. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. really the Mm -hmm. third car. So. Yeah. Why not? That yeah. is a different car ownership right there, and Agreed. a chance to own a different engine and a rotary engine because we don't know when or if Mazda is bringing that back or what form yeah. it'll be in. We don't yeah. know. Wow, I like that a lot. I remember loving that car. If you haven't seen our They're review, it's very well fun over to drive. a million views, which is amazing. Thank you all. It, it's the uh, S2000 FRS mm-hmm. and RX8 all on mm-hmm. camera together. I remember loving that RX-8. They were just... They're fun. Oh, man.
0: And it's the same chassis as that Mazda NC. That's the other thing. It's the same bones as that Mazda NC. So it's its a surprisingly good packaging. I mean, it's a real success of packaging. They're genuinely fun to drive. The only wild card in it is that rotary engine. But if it's not your, this car has to run no matter what car, then go with the rotary, because that gives you a completely different experience as well. i, I That's why I've got it there.
1: Wow, I like that well done, good, good, wild card, and for that price, yeah, anyway, yeah, options. all right so that's
0: the other thing. I kept thinking what's a really good, i mean like undeniably good dynamic performer at with options at ten grand not like the, oh, wow, here's one at ten grand, no like here's a lot of them r x eight
1: hmm, wow, good, excellent, all right, well, we'll jump into Bobby he's uh he's writing into uh he's writing from Kansas here mm-hmm. Yep. Writing to us about SUVs and CUVs, and I keep going on a little bit about this category, and he's already got the fun cars. So he's wanting some fun to translate to this SUV, CUV that he's looking for, but you've got to hear the story here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see why I picked this, because he already has a yeah. Lotus Elise. <clears throat> Well, yes, but hang on.
0: Not just a Lotus Elise. <laughs> if it was just a Lotus Elise, I would already be jealous. Bobby's got a whole other just, like, list. here. Well, here's the cars I drive for fun, and I'm sitting here going, wait,
1: all of those? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, 05 Lotus Elise, 07 Aston Martin V8 Vantage, and a 2013 BMW 135 IS all of those do very different things they they hit your hot buttons in very different areas i mean and it's
0: just oh, seriously <laughs> seriously i mean for those of you that don't know that 135is that is almost a bmw 1m exactly. Almost. exactly almost so it's just under that they're not that common but but honest, these are three fantastic weapons for how do you feel today, Bobby. Totally. I'd like to go to the track. Oh, look, there's a Lotus. I want to take a really nice back road drive and feel special. Oh, look, I've got advantage. Oh, I want to go hoon somewhere and not worry about it and maybe run some errands. Oh, look, I have a 135 IS. This is your garage. Yeah. You're a crazy person. You, are ne- you may be my new best friend, actually, but <laughs> Kansas is a little far away. Yeah, OK, onward. <laughs>
1: All right, so he's looking for an SUV that will fit his retired Greyhound Rescue. These are the tall, lean dogs. And he needs his dog to be able to turn around inside because this X5, something like that, it's out because of a narrow cargo space. Mm -hmm. And he had an FJ that was perfect for his needs, but apparently he lost it when it saved he and his dog in an accident that apparently they should not have walked away from from Bobby, we're thrilled that you're here with your dog, and the accident wasn't worse. He didn't elaborate on the accident here, but you know what? Not necessary. We're just thrilled that you're here and looking for something different, and uh, thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know details can always be rough, but like I said, we're we're thrilled about that. So he's currently driving a 2013 Acura MDX that he bought from a friend that he's – Really not liking, apparently. I can read through your email here. and
0: the, the actual description, the actual quote from our friend Bobby is, boring as sin. Yeah. He's just, he could not like this less. So he's looking for something that can consult- solve, and I don't know if you've ever seen, you probably have, Paul. If, if you've ever seen one of these retired greyhounds, they're simultaneously much more beautiful than you expect and much taller than you expect. I guess these are, these I don't are,
1: see them that often. It's been a long time since I I've remember,
0: I remember when I went to a dog park with my dog regularly in L.A., there were a couple in there. And it was always funny to see the retired greyhounds because they just kind of saunter around. And they have, they have legs that feel like just they're so thin they see like, feel like two of your fingers. They're these really long, thin legs, and they're very yeah. tall dogs and very yeah. thin. And they just kind of saunter around the dog park. And then invariably some dog would goad them just enough that that pack of dogs would start running. And then it was on. Because the pack of dogs would <laughs> start running around the outside of the dog park. And the, and the greyhound would be kind of loping with them. And then it would find a gear. And it was just like dust trail as the greyhound took off.
1: Unbelievable. So they're,
0: they're gorgeous, very sweet dogs, and very tall and thin. But that's I was really thinking about those dogs and how big they are and the need for it to turn around in the back. And I went, wow. Hmm. So we're trying for that. And somewhat fun to drive. Which is, this is, uh, pardon the pun, this is a tall order. This is difficult. I have a, (laughs) but I have a sniper shot. I think I've done it.
1: Really? Okay. I'm very curious. I, I have a choice here. I only have one, but I wouldn't put it in the true sniper shot category. I think it'll work, but I'd love to hear yours.
0: Well, I mean, he says here's the thing you're hoping to spend no more than about 30 grand. So it's not like money, no object. This car has a purpose. This car is your usable. It is a utility vehicle for you, as the name suggests. You want it to be decent to drive, kind of somewhat fun to drive. But you have, as we've already said, plenty of purely fun focused cars in all kinds of variety. So this is the dog hauler. This needs to run, be be comfortable, be somewhat fun to drive, and say, hey, I own that. Yeah. I'm surprised these cars used are as expensive as they are, but they're still well within your budget. My sniper shot. You've also said you want a leather interior because of dog hair. I hear you on that. You can get these in leather. Honda Element, done. Uh, Honda Element, take out the back seat. Tons of room in the back of that car. They're very tall, boxy. It works to your favor here. Tall, boxy, They've got a good amount of room. Put your dog in the back of that. You can get dog accessories for that car. You could take the back seat out. Just give a great... That'd be a great space for a dog to just hang out back there, lay down, turn around, whatever. It's not a car you're going to have to feel too precious about. It's going to just run. Hmm. Easy access from the side doors or the rear. I I'm just calling my shot right there at Honda Element.
1: You are on. This is great. I'm digging it. I really like that. I've got a friend whom I know... He's uh, totally into kite surfing, and he's got an element okay. with the pop-up roof camper. It's oh, sure. it's a company yeah, that yeah, – yeah. I forget the name of it. But they make them just for the element. They probably make them for other vehicles too, but it fits really well. And he drives yeah, it down those. to Mexico to go kite surfing. I mean, they he and his friends, they wind down to this remote beach and pops it up, and that's his home. And you know he mm, comes back mm. full of sand and all this stuff. But – it's so versatile, and you've got the fun cars here. You've got yeah. the fun cars yeah. for every mood you could possibly be in. So why not? That's really interesting. That's, that's just useful. I went a little bit different direction here. I was going after an Audi cool. Q5. Hmm, all Hmm. right. All now, right. the reason is is because of that 2-liter turbo engine in a late model Q5 is pretty fun. And the way that car set is set up dynamically, it's pretty interesting. It's still an SUV, but it kind of gets after the corners. It's it's hungry for something. Mm-hmm. Now, can be. Yeah. It's not a Lotus Elise. <laughs> it's not that, but there's still True. A, a good True. <laughs> pun intended element of fun to the Q5. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm kind of I kind of went there, and surprisingly, when you fold those rear seats down, it's still pretty tall as well. There's actually. Mm. Quite a bit of space in the Q5 as well. I kind of went that direction just because turbo punch handling sure, is pretty sure. pretty good for an SUV. To be honest, it's surprising. Let's put it that way. You think, oh, that's a nice benefit, surprise and delight kind of thing out of this car. Yeah, yeah. And so I went Q5 and and just you know lightly used late model. They're probably low to mid thirties right in there. And yeah. uh, wow, that's that's pretty well, that- interesting. And I don't think
0: the Element is going to be the world's most fun car to drive. But compared to your typical SUV, they're so small. They're very chuckable, and they have personality. And Mm -hmm. that's what I think can get past that. I see what you're doing with the Q5 is you're going more refined, like we actually set this up to be decent to drive, whereas the Element kind of gets by with it because of its size and the fact that it's quirky. So that's a good alternative point. I like that.
1: All right. Well, we've got so many great questions. Thanks to you all again. I mean, compliments to you because, man, they keep getting creative and interesting and fun. I, I'm glad that you liked the keychain discussion from last podcast about the key <laughs> Or lack of keychain. Yeah. Or lack thereof, exactly. I just want to jump right in here on Twitter, as a matter of fact. Untitled Car Show, our friends there have mm-hmm. asked us, what's the hardest food to eat while driving and why?
0: I love that you brought this one up. And I have to say, we can mirror this one with the other one. I want to go straight into, after this, I want to go straight into John Dallas's question on Facebook. Do you have any rules for your cars, as in things we cannot eat or things you cannot do in the car? I think these two relate. I want to cover them both. I love that you did Untitled Car Show. Keep going.
1: <laughs> John and our friends at Untitled Car Show, uh, eating in cars, I I. I'm confused. I don't understand. <laughs> this is
0: your problem. Food? You don't get it. Inside cars? You don't get it at all. I really don't.
1: Yeah. I Look, I understand that people do, and there's needs and all that kind of stuff, but I've had friends that go to the extreme opposite, and I have purchased used cars that I have had to vacuum Cheetos out of the the 12-volt socket. <laughs> yeah. Cheetos! down Way down in there. And money underneath the... Yeah. I mean, friends that have had dishes rattling around on the floorboards in the back seat. So when you take yes, a corner,
0: that's what it's special. You yeah. hear pottery. <laughs> that's not exactly. okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, John, to your point, smoking is out. I will not allow smoking in any of my cars because once you do, that's it. They're, yeah. You can't get
0: it. It's out. done. Happened one time and we're done. Yep. You're I got it.
1: Uh, dirty feet. Yeah. Not a fan, but dirt can be cleaned. Okay. You could argue food could be clean too, but food builds up with grease and soda spillage and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I pretty much limit it to water bottles that have a cap. And my friends ask me when they get in my cars, "Hey, you, you okay if I eat this in here?" And a lot of times it's a no. But yeah. I will say for, yeah. the, for the girls that I date, they they have a free free pass. They they get a hall pass. <laughs> They get a hall pass if they're careful, though. They, they have to be kind of careful. It's not like, hey, food fight, you know. But exactly, it's not like whatever. <laughs> but yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eating, driving—I I don't eat. I mean, you've heard us talk about both of our hands are on the steering wheel, and driving is priority number one when yeah. we're driving. And uh, yeah, I want to touch on—I want to—I
0: want to, I want to, to touch water. on <laughs> water. Water, you water in water. your car
1: if you have a cap.
0: Yeah, yes. I want to touch on both of these because actually. As far as both of these questions are concerned, I actually bumped up against this just yesterday. Uh, Talking about hardest foods to eat while driving, I will give you two. One is Cheetos. Absolutely. And and I I say this as a man that's done it. The problem with (laughs) Cheetos is the Cheeto dust. Because if you have somehow successfully eaten the Cheeto out of the bag, where the Cheeto did not disintegrate into a million pieces and get Cheeto dust everywhere, you now still have it on your hands. If you're like us where you have two hands on the wheel and you're going to need to shift... Welcome to Cheeto dust on everything. This is the world's worst idea ever. I say this from experience, mind you, because I do like Cheetos. I am the child of the two of us. But, Cheetos but this should is, be eaten that... with
1: tweezers, like one at a time. <laughs> so look at the orange fingers. In, you know.
0: in a hazmat suit. No, so, so Cheetos, are, Cheetos are on that list for sure. The other one, though, I say because it happened with my son yesterday, Kit Kats. Kit Kats are the worst. And really? here's why. I mean and I'm, a guy that, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to eat chocolate kind of any time. I mean, Easter <laughs> is simultaneously the greatest and the worst holiday for me, just as food's concerned. Because it's just like everything is now available in chocolate. But <laughs> That's um true. But my son got in the car yesterday. We were we were out we were out doing errands and he had gotten a Kit Kat and he got in the car and he goes, Can I open this? And I said, No. <laughs> and,
1: and
0: and look, and I will say this look, I have a seven year old and um I have a dog. So the the list of things that are not allowed to get into the car and ruin it is now mercifully short. It, uh, terribly short, honestly. Because, look, the back of seats, my son has kicked them. They have dirt in them. The dog was here and now has shed on that and slobbered on this. And that has a nose print. It just – it's life. It just happens. <laughs> nose prints so, everywhere. Yes, so, so So my cars look very different than Paul's for many reasons. And dog and seven-year-old are definitely two of them. But the KitKat. You have random little slices, little slivers of chocolate when you break it apart that just fall off. Nobody knows. Nobody had a chance to into catch them. Into the ether. They, they ground they wind, in your upholstery. They wind up, yes, they wind up in the cracks of your seats. You'll never yeah. see them coming. And then and they're and they're narrow enough. You'll never get them out. So that's problem one. And then, of course, they, they have the cookie center wafer thing. That crumbles into a million pieces, especially if you're a seven-year-old eating this. And now that that's everywhere. <laughs> right. So my son, who – to his credit, he always asks, and by and large, it's like, "Yeah, eat that. I don't care. Whatever. It's life." But Kit Kat, he's like, "Can I open this?" I said, "No, no, 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 no. We're five minutes from home. That that waits. That one waits." Yeah. So, um, yeah. But my rules are are many um, and actually few that get adhered to. So I'd love for the cars to be nice, but we eat, we drink, we have dirty feet, and
1: um, I mean, road trip. Yeah. You know, how about like frosted mini wheats or. You know, something that's not too... Wait,
0: wait. Are you eating frosted mini-wheats while you... Dr- that's... No. Okay, we need to get them as a sponsor, because that's the first time I mean... that sentence has been out in history. That's, that's...
1: I mean, I liked... Yeah, I, I liked... You know, granola and snacky nuts and that kind of stuff for road, <laughs> road trips tripping okay. and enjoying
0: a lovely bowl of frosted mini wheats. <laughs>
1: not a bowl, not with milk, but just dry, just dry <laughs> no, in your mouth. does the story doesn't get better I mean, no matter which like way you tell like it? Eating a yeah. brick of ramen dry, like a guy I knew in college did. He would sprinkle the chicken flavored dust on the solid brick of ramen noodles without cooking it and just crunch his way through the brick of dried noodles. But I'm see, not the explanation... suggesting that.
0: The explanation there is guy I knew in college. That's yeah. really that, that yeah, really that was, covers a multitude <laughs> of strange strange things. my College
1: yes. days right there. But, you know, road trips are a little bit of a different story, but the point is, if you're eating all this messy stuff in there, guess who has to clean it? I do. I you're right. I'm the guy yeah. that has to clean yeah. it out and suck mm-hmm. all the Cheeto dust and the powdered donut dust and all that stuff out of every nook and cranny. I don't want to do that. So I'm really just <laughs> saving myself work. That's yes, I understand. Point. That's the headline I get that.
0: here. I get that. Yep. Yep. And when I just look at it and just go, you know, my son gets out and he's had muddy boots on and he had whatever he had at school and there's still chocolate on his upper lip and he, lip, and he just gets out of the car and I just stand there for a second and go, ah. <laughs> and then we go inside. So that's really how yeah. that happens. It's just, I, I see I see a divergent, it's the two paths in the wood thing. I see that divergent world where my car was really nice and I'm standing there looking at a world where it's just not. So, okay, I, I, all right, there we go. I keep teasing you when, whenever you sell a car or a car comes <laughs> up for sale. Uh, yes. CPO means something different on this program. CPO on this program is not certified pre-owned. It's certified Paul-owned because I'm telling you, if Paul is ever selling a car, that's the version you want to buy because it's pristine.
1: Well, it's because car cover your car. Keep it nice. Well, yeah, that's I'm true. a huge that's believer true. in this. I mean, we're talking about if you don't have a garage – or the car has to stay outside, or you have too many cars. Mm -hmm. There's some of you listening that have too many cars, by the way.
0: Yep, and one winds up outside. And what do you do? You have to cover it. If you're in any kind of weather, or that car especially sits outside all the time, you've got to cover it just to keep it nice. Certainly if you're trying to compete with Paul, you're going to have to have a cover.
1: (laughs) Well, Covercraft has the car covers that not only fit your make and model, but they've got different fabric selections depending on whether it's going to sit outside in – sun-baked California or Arizona kind of weather or the (laughs) snowy Utah weather that we've got here. They've got a range of fabrics there, from Kimberly-Clark all the way to lightweight indoor protection stuff, pickup trucks. They've got sunshades as well, which I'm a big believer Mm -hmm. in. They fit perfectly because, again, they're tailored for your car. And they've got dash mats as well. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE at checkout for free shipping in the continental U.S.
0: Did you see uh, Eli's question? Eli, you've asked this a couple times. I want to speak to it real quickly. You've asked, is Consumer Reports a reliable source? I want to speak to this quickly. Um, I'm assuming you mean specifically car-related. Obviously, they cover everything on the planet. Here's the thing I like about them. I would say the first question to follow up your question is, for what what purpose, to what end? I think if you're trying to find out which car should I buy because this is a great car that I should own and drive – I don't think they're great. If you're trying to figure out, did this car have problems and in what year, I think they're fantastic. Because Mm -hmm. they do really good tracking of – I mean, I actually remember at one point my wife and I were looking at Volvo uh, XC90s, like first-gen Volvo XC90s. Cool. And it was interesting because from Consumer Reports, I was able to track down an issue that once I dug into the forums, the forums fully backed it up. And that was there was a specific year and, more importantly, a specific engine that was just – plagued with problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Consumer Reports could show that. You could see it. Oh, like that year and that engine combination is just that very unreliable. Very good for that. I also like the fact that they're unbiased enough to buy the vehicles. Yeah, I'm glad you them. brought that up. Thank you for so bringing that up. So in those regards, I would say yes. I would never take a recommendation. From Consumer Reports, well, never is too strong. But generally, if they said, you should buy this car. It's wonderful to drive. Is it really? It, does it run? <laughs> does it run? They are a fantastic source. <laughs> Yeah,
1: because they buy the car, that means they're buying the warranty and they're buying the customer service experience that goes along with the car because they paid the money. So
0: mm-hmm. therefore
1: they're not just rating the car, they're rating, okay, if it breaks down, then what happens? Or yeah. you know, they're going yeah. through the entire buying process. So therefore they're not just being handed cars to go test. They actually pay the money for them mm-hmm. is my understanding. So that would that, that changes that weird- things.
0: There was that weird thing that happened with them and the Tesla Model S. I mean, I still can't believe this. I don't know how – look, I'm terrible at math, but I don't know how this works. They somehow (laughs) reviewed a Tesla Model S, and their score that never goes above 100 added up to 104 points. Again, I'm not not a genius. There is no (laughs) savant at math here. But I don't understand how a 100-point scale became 104. But okay. Hmm. So it broke their scale. I thought that was – kind of undermines their credibility a bit when you do something like that. But on the other end of the spectrum – the Tesla Model S they bought did have a lot of problems, and they documented those, and it brought the score down because of reliability, not because of what they liked about the car initially. So that we spoke about that lo- much longer than I thought, but hopefully that's helpful, Eli.
1: Tesla, we broke the scale. No, that doesn't yeah. work. Maybe not.
0: Well, I'm that just may trying a new stuff. tagline, who knows. Yeah. I'm just trying hey, just, stuff. Hey, we're, we're we're going to be hard-pressed to get back to the the wonders of nothing to see here, but every now and then we're going <laughs> to set on right. a really really good tagline. Yeah. I just
1: have to test it, see how it sounds out loud mm-hmm. and then, you know, maybe pull it back. I'm pulling that one back. All right. Okay. Good. Nathan Hansen is writing on Twitter as well. How far is too far to park away to find a safe parking spot for your car? <laughs> we're just we're
0: lobbing <laughs> you softballs tonight, Paul. We're just lobbing you softballs. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He typically parks far away to avoid door dings, and his wife hates it. Well, I, I don't blame her. I park far away, too. I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy here, Nathan. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I mean, totally. I get it. Maybe you could drop her off at the front, whether it's a restaurant or a mm-hmm. store, wherever you're going. Maybe you could offer to drop her off right in front and then just say, hey, just could you wait a minute You know, while I go park and then – You know, maybe some sort of compromise in there because I'm with you. That's excellent, Paul. Well done. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. I park far away too. I mean, it's called Paul parking. You've heard of CPO, but now it's called Paul parking. No, we. Parking structures? We make jokes
0: about that. I have been in a parking structure (laughs) about. I think I've told you this, but I've been in a parking structure with my wife about to meet you for dinner. Okay. We have been driving around a parking structure (laughs) and we have driven by spaces that we know we should leave for you. You're kidding it's like me. the you're perfect space in the corner where, and then it has, it's like got the wall on one side and then it has the pole on the other side. So I know you're going to tuck against the wall and leave the pole and you'll have all this space, no chance of a door dang. I've driven by stuff and been like, there's Paul parking. And she's like, yeah, we should leave that one. Have I We've taken done the bait?
1: Have I, have I actually done it? Yes, it's happened. It's happened. Wow. And then, you know, when, when you're know. not
0: anywhere around, I actually can recognize Paul Parking anyway and sometimes take advantage. You have a gift for fantastic parking spaces. But um, how would I say, um, convenient is not always connected with these
1: parking spaces. Obsessed, maybe? Yeah. I just, yeah. Anyway, it stems from some bad experiences, I guess. But what can I do? <laughs> well,
0: conversely, we've driven you to your car before. So that happens, too. Yeah, That's uh-huh. true. <laughs>
1: I think everybody's getting the wrong impression here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or or just, you know,
0: the, the, here's the thing. The scale of our individual neuroses are really coming home to roost in this podcast. That's the reality. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the truth.
1: What else? What else?
0: Uh, well, actually, um, Eric wrote a question that I have to acknowledge. Uh, I have to say two things. First off, Eric, you wrote this question on Facebook. I'm not going to quote the way you wrote it, though it did make me laugh. Uh, I wasn't going to answer it because just for all of you to know, as a general rule, Paul and I have a rule, no discussion of religion, no discussion of politics. Mm -hmm. A lot of you guys ask questions that touch on those two topics. We don't even touch them. Today we are recording this on Easter, okay? And so you've asked a few Easter questions. Eric, you've asked a question. I'm going to tweak your question uh, because you've asked about is there a car that a brand resurrected in honor of Easter is there a car that a brand resurrected a car model and you feel like that car then kind of saved or resurrected the entire brand hmm. and once I kind of thought about it I went first off the way you worded the question made me laugh but then I thought about it for a minute and I thought of one and that's okay. why I wanted to bring it up okay. I did think of one you and I have talked a lot of late about Ford. All of the options that they have. They have an option in every part, in every category. Rewind the clock a little bit. 2002, 2003, when the Ford GT drops. Right. We weren't talking about Ford. Nobody was talking about Ford like that. Yeah, they had the Mustang, but it's not like they were this enthusiast icon brand. The Ford GT drops. Watch the next decade. They get a, the Raptor, for God's sakes. It's in there too. They get a car in every kind of area of their lineup that is designed right at the enthusiast, and in almost every case, it is a it is a real serious contender. Hmm. I can trace it back and go the Ford GT drops and it revolutionizes the brand. So Eric, cool question. It made me ponder it. I'm going with that one.
1: Although shouldn't the new NSX do the same for the Acura brand? Theoretically. Acura
0: Honda. Let's let's hope so. But I mean, but we haven't seen it yet. He's asking about when did it happen. And at first I was like, I don't know. And then I went, wait, 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 wait. Ford GT and okay. the whole Ford lineup.
1: OK. I mean, there's possibility of it happening in the future. I mean, Scott Durrell asks about the upcoming Supra, the possibility of a new S2000, or the new mm-hmm. Mazda RX9, I mean, which interests us more. I mean, there's a lot of potential for those to raise awareness. I feel like Mazda is killing it right now. Honda's got some great stuff. I mean, of course, the NSX and the new Civic Type R, which we want to get in. I would love it if they brought back the S2000. But the Supra, the Supra to bring back Toyota? (laughs) Come on. Mazda's awesome already. I would love the RX-9. It's beautiful. The show car just, I couldn't believe it. But the Supra. I mean, I feel like your car is... Not doing it enough my, for the brand. Not well. My, my car's the, the Celica. History.
0: My car. My car should have been called the Celica, but that's a side note. Yeah. But my car's the Celica. It's it's like, and I'm talking the classic Celica, not the front wheel drive madness before they killed it. I'm talking the good Celicas. All right. My right. car is the Celica. So you've got to have the car above that
1: that is the Supra.
0: Where is it? That's that's why they need it.
1: I feel like that Supra needs to happen sooner than later, and. Hopefully it's going to. Just we'll see when it actually that, drops. That could wipe away some Corolla misgivings and some Camry. <laughs> what you know? Is
0: is Corolla misgivings the name of a band? Because it sounds like it. That's that's. I'm so not sure what they play. Out I have to with words. Have to try but these co- concepts out. Corolla with words. misgivings. That's that's actually not bad. Yeah.
1: Huh. All right, uh, cars and comments, thank you for writing on Instagram uh, asking us what were our favorite toy cars that we had when we were kids. OK. We're still kids, dude. I mean, come on. I love If yeah, you've
0: listened to this far, that is painfully, painfully clear. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, I, uh, I was into Matchbox, Hot Wheels really early on. I still am. I still dig them. And I was building stuff out of Legos like crazy. I was inventing yeah. my own stuff. I think you were too, were you not?
0: Definitely, definitely. Oh, I was Lego obsessed and car obsessed. And I had I had at, the, at models as kids that I loved those things. They were awesome. I want to respond to our friend Greg who wrote on Instagram and he said, and I don't know if I have a full answer for this, Greg, but I like the question. Three cars that should be removed from the road forever and destroyed. I can think of... I can think of one right away, low-hanging fruit, the Murano convertible. Please burn it and kill it with fire. Uh, That's on the list. I don't think it should have ever existed. That's on the list. But uh, one of them I'm actually going to have to look up because I want to make sure I get it right. Um, But, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What else do you have on this?
1: Do you notice we could not say any car shown in the movie cliffhanger.
0: He's just he's just fighting with you because he knows your love for Stallone movies. That's I really know what he's doing. we're back yeah. to Stallone
1: madness. Yeah. Yeah. I had to look up the cars in that movie, which was a long time ago, by the way. It was just Jeep CJ sevens and old Land Rovers and dusty old Ford pickups and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, okay, but he he was just poking me. I think he was poking the bear. Yes. He he knows us, and he's just he's just yeah. taking shots. I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Uh huh. I I. I'm going back to the retro phase that our friendly American car companies went through not too long ago in the distant past. They went through the everything retro, and I just – I needed it to stop. The Plymouth (laughs) Prowler, the Chevy SSR, the Chevy HHR. The same person that designed the PT Cruiser also designed the Chevy HHR, everybody. He's now very high up at GM. But but
0: but hang on, because this is my favorite part about that story, because the PT Cruiser comes out Ugh. and General Motors looks at that car and goes, We need one of those. That's what boggles my
1: mind. <laughs> yeah. And they That's hired what him away. Boggles my mind. And yes. he designed one similarly, and now he's been with GM for a long time. His name's Brian Nesbitt, and he's been he's I liked the sketches, actually. The sketches look great, but sketches look great of anything. Because they're sketches and the proportions yeah. are great and the wheels are huge and sure you know yeah. then you put it in production and we get the PT Cruiser convertible or something I yeah it's all bad it's all bad um, there was a I, I'm sorry
0: I'm drawing a total blank and I don't know why I can't think of this car but there was a Chrysler who made it, it was a Le, there was a Chrysler Le, I don't think it was a LeBaron but it was a Chrysler in the in the late 80s early 90s that had like this slant back trunk. And I can't remember which which I can't remember which um, model. That's terrible that I can't think of the model because this is a, obviously a podcast where you're re- requiring me to know. <laughs> requiring but requiring uh, you but to it know that it was just it was just awful. It was just huh. such a mistake. It looked like the car had been in a rear end collision already from the factory. Those should all uh, yeah
1: those should all be killed as well. Mm, yeah, the retro stage of stuff. I just cuz you notice they're not around now. Nobody's into them. The value hasn't gone up. Nobody Yet. cares. <laughs> Nobody cares.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, we should we should probably wrench ourselves from that terrible discussion. That's a bad place. But thanks for it anyway, Greg. We do appreciate it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Ah uh, all right, so if we had to do an Easter egg hunt across the United States, what car would you guys use? this is s two k evo evo <laughs> cheap phaeton <feitin'>, cheap phaeton
0: <laughs> I had to go there ask me about it. I'd, I'd wear the shirt i'd wear the shirt in in fashion Easter colors instead mm. of my my black one that i'd have. I'd get like a really nice green and maybe like a yellow and it, every day would be an ask me about cheap phaeton's Easter colored shirt. That sounds like a really bad movie from the '80s, but I'm going with it anyway.
1: Hmm. Gosh, you could really do anything. It's got to be something fast that will get you to the next egg so you can win.
0: But, but it's cross country. It's cross country. You've got to have the hangout car. You've got to have the car that you can. And then, of course, you know, in the world of Phaetons, you've got an enormous trunk, so many, it's many to eggs to will to go hold in that. More
1: eggs, right? Exactly. Huh. Exactly.
0: You may get there quicker, sir, but I will be more comfortable and I will have far more eggs when we're done. And you will have, assuming, will
1: have paid less for your car, but now they're Assuming going the car ran. Assuming See, the car
0: ran. That's the thing we don't know.
1: They're going up in value. They're skyrocketing. These are going to be the next auction car. The prices are just going to jump to thirty grand again.
0: If so, I say to everyone, I'm sorry. If that really <laughs> happens, I apologize now.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow tons of questions But we're going to wrap things up at this point Thank you guys so much as always Velocity Happened again this weekend And yeah. next Saturday Another episode is coming at you What is the next episode by the way
0: Next episode, episode four, is actually what we're calling uh, budget supercars. Not because we bought cheap supercars. The reason for that title is because it is actually the discussion of Paul's uh, GTS versus his uh, theoretically upcoming BMW M2. And coming back to where we started the podcast, we're bookending now with the fact that these are cars that are far faster than you would ever think, and they're almost affordable. So you're not yeah. buying a quarter million dollar car you're buying a car for 60 to 70 grand and you wouldn't believe what it's what's capable of so it's those two are in that piece. It's actually a pretty fun episode, uh, so we definitely recommend that to you for next uh, Saturday. And thank you to all of you that have been watching and following us as a result or writing in. We actually had a a message just this evening about one of you. First thing of ours you'd ever seen was this episode three on Velocity, and you really thoroughly enjoyed it. It said, I would sit down and watch this show. Thank you. That's exactly what we're hoping for. So we're glad to have you with us.
1: Thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to to talking to you next time. Cheers, everyone.